Mic check, mic check. Where the fuck is my check? You're now tuned in to Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Let me go ahead and turn this down a little bit What's going on everybody, it's your boy A-Double And I just want to welcome everybody to episode D-Ace uh, Episode 10 of good old uh, do-rags and boat shoes Just want to thank everybody for rocking with me You know, for these 10 episodes And just keep uh, listening and keep giving me feedback I appreciate everything that you say And uh, we're going to start just throwing stuff up on that Summer Jam screen I'm sorry for the wait But um first thing i'm gonna throw up there is the um aclu um they just uh dropped an app uh that you can use with your phone and basically what the app is is to combat uh police brutality and the uh the app is uh, i just saw this uh up on uh facebook so facebook is useful sometimes but it's called mobile justice and so basically what the app does is uh you know uh you can record you know police interactions and uh, you can upload it directly to uh, the ACLU servers or whatever. And um, <clears throat> then it has something where you can uh, fill out a witness report. And, uh, you know, uh, basically you can break down, um, you know, what everything that happened directly from your phone. And it has, a you know, a tab that will let you know your rights and things of that sort. And they have one for every, you know. Uh, the laws are different in every state, but uh, they have one, you know, specific to your state. So I would recommend everybody download that uh, mobile justice app, so which is very, very smart. Um, the only thing that I don't like about it is, you know, whatever video that you do record, you know, it just uploads to their servers. It doesn't save directly to your phone. But, you know, hey, it is a tool into, uh, you know, helping fight the good fight. So, you know, shout out to them. And the next thing that I really want to throw up on that uh, Summer Jam screen um, is, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to put the uh, basically it's just um, it's not a criticism or anything like that. I just don't want to see I'm going to put the Black Lives Matter movement back up there. I just don't want to see it go go the way of the NAACP. I mean, when you say the NAACP right now, it's just a joke, just a flat out joke. Um, I mean, it hasn't done anything for anybody in, I would say, decades. So I really don't want, you know, to see this positive energy that we got from these brothers and sisters. You know, I don't want to see it, you know, dissipate and, uh, you know, just become something that it doesn't need to become. Um, and the main thing that I would like to see uh, from this movement is uh, some action now. I mean, we, we, we got disrupting and interrupting um, down to a T and the protesting down to a T down to a science. But I would like to see, you know, some action now. Like, uh, what do you want? You know, start um, coming up, you know, with a plan of action instead of just a plan to disrupt. And I did. I believe I spoke about this on the last show. But, you know, one of the main things I would like to see is, uh, 
you know, basically some community watch groups starting up, you know, to police the police and to uh, police your own communities. And uh, we really have to start taking care of ourselves and not see each other as threats of that sort. Um, it's just something that I really respect uh, when you see a community come together and take pride in their own community. And taking pride in your community, you know, is, you know, conducive uh, to, you know, fighting a good fight. So that's what I would like to see, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement kind of turn into, you know, more action based um, displays, I would say, um, if that makes sense at all, instead of, you know, just the, you know, disrupting and, you know, say this instead of, you know, we need more than, you know, retweets and uh, TV time, you know, um, that's so that's what I really would like to see. Um, I really don't want it because it's, it's easy for me to say that um, and for other people to be critis- critical of the uh, of the movement. But, um, you know, just sitting back and looking from afar. But, you know, I am doing my thing out here and um, I would like to see, you know, this movement, you know, be more empowering as far as the action front, you know, as far as doing things through action as opposed to. Like I said before, you know, just protests, holding up signs, being disruptive and, you know, getting candidates to, you know, repeat their chance, you know, because soon as those candidates, if they do make it to the White House, excuse me, you know, they're going to forget all about us like they always do. You know, they'll be up here hee-hawing and, uh, you know, uh, laughing it up with us and, you know, listening to our concerns. But then as soon as they get, you know, to where they need to be. You know, it starts becoming all about that mighty dollar and, you know, who uh, donated most to the campaign. So, I mean, that could be a next step, you know, for the Black Lives Matter movement to develop, you know, maybe a GoFundMe or something where everybody could pull their money together and, you know, stand behind a candidate, you know, and uh, hold that candidate, you know, accountable, you know, for, um, you know, their actions and what they're going to say and how they're going to help the black community. You know, so um, that could definitely be one. Uh, like I said, the community watch groups start starting those up, you know, have just like a um, just organize like a night of, you know, where people get to, you know, get together with their communities and, you know, just start, you know, um, brainstorming and coming up with a plan of action to police their own communities. So that's something that I would really like to see as far as that goes. And then, I mean, it could even go to the point of you know holding a drive to um basically arm people legally you know um we we always see these things in the hood of you know cops you know setting up to tell people you know you don't go to jail and all this other mess you know for turning in uh weapons and things of that source i mean we could go to the you know opposite spectrum you know hold a drive for people to uh exercise their constitutional rights of being armed so that could be another step you know, um, it's, it's logical and it's rational. I mean, we always big up uh, people who, uh, you know, police their own communities who don't look like us. So, you know, let's start bigging up each other and police our own communities. And we could hold a drive, you know, to get people signed up and register to, uh, you know, carry your firearms and then, um, <clears throat> you know, start helping people raise money so they can get their permits to carry. So. But that's just all what I would really like to see as far as, um, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement. And then, you know, to get, you know, some of these lawyers and other folks 
to um, you know jump into the movement and start breaking down these laws you know this this you know this targeting black folks and making them become you know slaves in these private owned jails and i mean i'm sorry private owned prisons and start breaking down these laws and how we can combat them and you know even bringing up a case to the united nations about what's going on with this uh police state that we're in you know you get so many people you know out here uh filming these cops and things like that and they coming up you know grabbing folks cameras you know grabbing their phones telling them you can't film and all this other mess the only time that you can't film a cop is if you're interfering with what they're doing and you know most of these people will be you know well more than 10 feet away filming them doing something that they shouldn't be doing so i mean we really need to start getting these folks who have these degrees you know and uh you know and certificates you know in law and understand law to help us you know bring our case up you know to the united nations and then move forward to make our demands you know in front of the government so that's what all that's all that i would really like to see as far as moving forward you know but big ups to you know all those brothers and sisters who are doing their thing in this uh, black lives matter movement so keep fighting that good fight all right all right so last show i forgot to uh, do a hold this l segment i wasn't even thinking about it um but the the person i was gonna put on there last week was your boy uh birdman jr um i was gonna put him up there you know for suing title you know for 50 million supposedly um for a uh, little wayne dropping that uh album off a of title that free wheezy album and then for him being involved in the plot to uh shoot up his uh his jr you know uh, when uh, lil wayne's tour bus got shot up um it's just it's just some kind of weird love triangle between Birdman, lil wayne and uh your boy young thug aka i rock a hooters tank top and videos so that was just very odd right there um as far as what's going on but whenever situations like that happen i always think about you know the gangsta gangsta delicious episodes of uh <clears throat> of uh boondocks so if you guys get a chance and you have netflix go ahead and check those uh those episodes out which are very funny and i believe somewhat true but as far as this week goes um as far as uh holding this l it's gonna have to be your boy um meek mill um you know uh he he was all butthurt about uh drizzy not uh tweeting out his album link and then he just went on a rant talking about how Drake doesn't write his own songs. Uh, I mean, write his, write his own verses and all this other mess. And then uh, <clears throat> then TMZ got a hold of a reference track to that song, 10 Bands, that uh, a guy named Quentin uh, wrote. And the thing, the thing about that is, you know, Drake isn't a is a writer he's wrote songs for other artists and things of that sort and there's a lot of artists uh, as far as uh, rap artists go they do you know have some help you know writing uh, uh, verses hooks things of that sort i mean um even the uh the goat your boy hove i mean he's had a reference track or two you know if you uh, listen to the track lucifer i mean it was even on um i believe it was on the uh on the uh, documentary about you know uh, his black album and the uh, the concert he threw at Madison Square when uh, he was doing Lucifer and uh, uh, Kanye already had that part you know I'm trying to get my soul right that whole part right there and he had that already written and you can't really come at somebody talking about their ghostwriter if they have writer's credits on the actual track so 
I don't know. My man is just butt hurt. I mean, what he needs to do is just chill and go ahead and keep getting that money off that pink print tour and keep milking that publicity he's getting, you know, as far as being um, Nicki Minaj's new uh, boyfriend. So I don't know. He just really came off on some fuck shit as far as these Twitter rants and things of that sort. That's why a lot of times people need to have their publicists or they need to pay their weed carrier you know to uh, tweet from their their account for them so it won't be so emotional and it's just kind of ruining that man's rep you know he always try to come off like he's some you know real street dude and all this other mess and he's just caught up in his feelings i mean he dissed drizzy then you know his lady made him apologize then drake dropped charged up and now he's back at it you know a little slick comments and that but um he really just need to chill and just kind of hold that L. So, Meek, this is for you. You need to hold that L. You know, inhale it. You know, exhale it. Cool the fuck out and keep getting that pink print money. So, go ahead and just uh, hold this L, Meek Mill. That's all you got to do. Just hold it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the life you got right now. You know, don't try to get engaged in some kind of battle with somebody who's, you know, you know, a couple levels above you because you already proved during the Cassidy battle that you're really not a battle rapper. So, yeah, hold that L, fam. All right, so moving on to uh, selling hope like dope. Uh, it's your boy, the uh, pump fake god, uh, Funk Master Flex. So, just tonight on the uh, July 27th, 2015, the year of our Lord and Savior. Uh, Funk Master Flex did what he always does in times of beef. Uh, he holds people hostage. Uh, he claimed for a couple hours, few hours, that uh, he had a Meek Mill response and uh, just kept on spinning and talking shit the whole show. And a lot of people were pissed off on Twitter, but I mean, I don't shit. I ain't fuck with uh, Funk Flex and shit since he still was at the tunnel. So what was that? Early two thousands or something like that. And um, yeah, and uh, he just the king of pump faking, and he got people to tune in and got some ratings up, and so I mean that's the definition of selling hope like dope, which is uh, very, very, very um, funk flex like. So I should change the segment to uh, pump faking like flex, because uh, that's the pump fake god right there. Um, remember uh, a few months back when uh, he uh, had Dipset on and they were freestyling and all this other bullshit and he uh, faked the text message um, in all caps locks and it said this is hove like and then he was going on about he had some kind of dip set diss to hove or whatever and then he was going to talk about the whole text message and the phone call that he got from jay and it proved to be just another pump fake i mean my man pump fakes more than kobe in the post but at least po- uh, kobe be getting some shots off and funk flex i mean he needs to just chill and stick to dropping bombs and keeping his hands off women so shout out to the pump fake god uh funk master flex my man's the definition of selling hope like dope and you guys know next time do not fall for the okie dope from the pump fake god all right so funk master flex gotta quit selling that hope like dope the strategies ain't working dog it's 2015 the jig is right above your bald dome son whose man is this all right so i know this uh show is a little bit short um but 
uh, we're moving on to the uh, health over wealth. And the quote that I have from you just comes from Anonymous. Um, Really just uh, something that I saw online. And it's just uh, talking about the importance of uh, vacations. And um, quote says, take vacations. Go as many places as you can. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So that's just something to keep in mind. You know, it's very important to let those batteries recharge. You know, you out here grinding like a rusty gear. You're dealing with a lot of uh, BS and nonsense. I mean, it's not BS and nonsense if it's a part of your life. But at the same time, it is taking a toll on you, draining your battery, making you mentally slower and weaker. So you do need to take that time out and enjoy your loved ones and just cool out with them someplace, you know, that's not at home, you know, because that'll just remind you of what's going on in your life. So everybody needs to escape. Everybody needs to get away. And then, you know, you'll come back, you know, 10 times stronger, 10 times better and you're just ready to attack, you know, and uh, that just brings on the beauty of vacation is uh Another anonymous quote is just, I love being on vacation and never knowing what day of the week it is. So that's always a good feeling, you know, especially when you can wake up without an alarm clock and, um, you know, wake up to a beautiful view. So I encourage everybody out there to, you know, step outside of your comfort zone, go do something that you always wanted to do while you're on that vacation and uh, just live and love life. So that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Um, I know it's a very short show, but um, hey, it is what it is. You know, you can listen to this pretty much on your lunch break or, you know, or just your 15 minute break at work. And I appreciate and love every single one of you guys. So shout out to y'all. Keep fighting a good fight. And, you know, I'll be back next week with another show. Holla. My sister-in-law, who's half black, half white, but looks white, blue eyes, whiter than most white folks, very white. Uh, She and I, you know, we kind of grew up together. We raised our children together. uh, So they're first cousins. And we, you know, it's a wonderful, very, very multicultural family. So we're going in a safe way one day. And um, Kathleen, my my sister-in-law, is in front of me. And she's, uh, you know writing a check for her groceries. Now, my daughter, who at the time was 10 years old, was standing with me, and I was directly behind her, you know, getting ready to get my groceries. So Kathleen comes up, and the checker, who is a strawberry blonde, um, freckled, very delightful, warm, um, you know, the checker, this young woman, is talking to Kathleen. Hey, how you doing? Isn't it a nice day today? They're just chatting up. And she says, yes. Yeah. So Kathy writes her, her check, and she steps off to the side with her groceries because she's waiting for me. Of course, again, Kathleen looks white, right? So I come up, no conversation. She looks up at me, absolutely no, just little chatter. And uh, I write my check. My daughter, however, is 10, notices immediately the difference in how she responds to me. So I write my check and she goes, I'm going to need two pieces of ID. At which point my daughter looks at me. And she gets very, very embarrassed and tears are kind of coming up in her eye like, Mommy, you're not going to let her do this. Why is she doing this to us, right? 
So I'm trying to figure out what I should do because behind me are two elderly white women. Right? And I'm thinking, okay, so then I become the angry black woman, right? And they're going to be, and I just, I'm, I'm just trying to second guess all the drama. So then I, I just give her the two pieces of ID. I said, you know, some things you got to choose your battles, right? And then it gets worse. She pulls out the bad check book, right? So the, this is the book that shows the people who've written bad checks. So she starts searching for my license in the bad checks. At which point it's just out of control now. Just as I'm standing there um, trying to decide what to do, and it's really deeply humiliating. Now my, my daughter is in full-blown emotionally upset, who's 10. My sister-in-law walks back over and she steps in and she says, excuse me, why are you doing this? And the checker goes, well, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? She goes, why are you taking her through all of these changes? Why are you doing that? She goes, well, um, this is our policy. She goes, no, it's not your policy because you didn't do that with me. Oh, well, I know you, you've been, she goes, no, no, she's been here for years. I've only lived here for three months. And so at this point, the two white elderly ladies go, oh, I can't believe what this checker has done with this woman. It is totally unacceptable. At which point the manager walks over. So the manager walks over and says, is there a problem here? And then my sister-in-law again responds. She goes, yes, there is a problem here. Here is what happened. So you see, she used her white privilege. And even though Kathleen is half black and half white, she recognizes what that means. And she made the statement. She pointed out the injustice. And she, as a result of that one act, influenced everyone in that space. But what would have happened? I can't know for certain had the black woman said, this is unfair. Why are you doing this to me? Would it have had the same impact? But Kathleen knew that she walked through the world differently than I did. And she used her white privilege to educate and make right a situation that was wrong. That's what you can do every single day.